Good evening. Our Bible reading this evening comes from the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 15 through to 30. And you can find that in your church Bibles on page 1052. So Luke, chapter chapter 18, beginning at verse 15. People were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. When the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me, and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad, because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard this asked, Who then can be saved? Jesus replied, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Peter said to him, We have left all we had to follow you. Truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, No one who has left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and in the age to come eternal life. Thank you, Laura. Evening, everybody. Um, I wonder if you have those days... Uh, where you begin to try to take stock. So sometimes it's little things, isn't it? So uh, every week, Morag and I have the same little conversation. Time to do the Tesco food shop. Okay, I walk into the kitchen, open the fridge. We need cheese, you know, ham. Yeah, and she's there it is, adding it. Just taking stock of what you have to eat. You know, we do that on a weekly basis. I'm sure uh, many of you do as well. Uh, and then there are other days sometimes where you, uh, perhaps not quite as frequent, you, you, you try to take stock of your finances, you know, okay, I'm going to sit down, I'm going to get the bank statements, the credit cards, the, the bills, all that stuff, and just sort of, you know, get an idea uh, of where we are and, you know, where the resources are. You know, it's good to take stock. Well, this evening, um, I would like us to take stock as well, but, but take stock slightly differently. Instead, just pause a moment to take stock of our, our time. Uh, our, our treasure, uh, and just take a few moments to think, where's my time and my treasure? Uh, what are the things that really captivate me? 
what does my diary show about the things that captivate me? What does my bank balances or wallets uh, show about the things that captivate me? And as we do, uh, we're going to be forced to look at our passage this evening and see what Jesus says. Because here's the headline of the the whole evening, really. Uh, Christians are people who are fully dependent upon the Lord, who are captivated and live entirely for the Lord our God. So as we begin, let's pray uh, to him. Father, we thank you for your words. We thank you that it's a a helpful mirror for each one of us. And we pray this evening, uh, as we look at this passage, that you may hold up the mirror of your word to our lives. Help us to be honest with you and ourselves. And help us to see the beauty of Christ and why dependency upon him is not a chore, but a joy. Amen. Uh, last week, if you were here, when Dan was preaching, we had that previous passage, uh, the parable of the Pharisee and the tax collector. And we had this contrast. We had the, the self-sufficient Pharisee who stood up and prayed, God, I thank you. I'm not like X, Y, and Z. Uh, and then there was the, the humble, contented, dependent tax collector who looked down, beat his breast and said, Lord, have mercy. Uh, the contrast between those two, the, the one who depended on self and the one who depended on the Lord. And so it's no surprise then that Luke puts these two passages straight off that event because he's going to push home that same message. Uh, and the first thing he wants to tell us is to be like a child or, or be like a baby. Uh, verses 15 to 17. Be like a baby. Have a look down, verse 15. Uh, People were were also bringing babies to Jesus for him to place his hands on them. Uh, They brought the babies so that Jesus could bless them, to pray for them. Um, But then, verse 15 again, when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. Uh, That sounds pretty harsh, doesn't it? I mean, who's going to stop Jesus laying his hands on babies? It it sounds harsh, and, and it is harsh, but... But actually, we also have to understand the culture of the day. So of the time, uh, yes, tax collectors were at the very bottom, but babies weren't very much higher at the list. Uh, In a world full of infant mortality and uh, labor requirements, babies were pretty unimportant. And so the disciples are simply saying, Jesus, this is a waste of your time. And in the culture, that that would have been expected. It would have been normal. That's why they send them away. But then, verse 16, But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me. Do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. Just notice straight away that actually children should come to Jesus. Uh, there is no age limit. If we were to lift up the, the tablecloth for our communion table, it would say, let the children come to me. Jesus doesn't discriminate with age. He calls all to come to him. So, so K.O., d- don't think you're too young to come to Jesus. 
No, Jesus says to all people of all ages, come. But but more than that, verse 17, truly I tell you that anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never receive it. He says, look, actually, anybody, regardless of your age, you must be like a child, like a baby. And now my, um, my daughter, Evie, is, uh, loves dolls. She, she gets into dolls and she, she wants to have all of them, um, which is lovely. Um, but when you buy a doll, they come like this. So you have the doll, you don't have a doll and then you have the, uh, the little baby feeding bottle. You have a, uh, a potty. Sometimes you have a nappy, which they don't work on real babies. Don't try it. Um, you know, they have all the, all the paraphernalia that comes with it. So it was a bit of a shock to me when I had my actual first baby and I got none of that. They just came on their own. There are no optional extras. You've got to buy all those. Because babies are completely dependent. They don't bring their goods with them. They simply look entirely to their parents. Uh, And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about our own kids, and I was thinking that actually I think... Their first thought of the day is about us. Their their last thought at night is about us. In the middle of night when they're scared is about us. Now, I'm not saying that to say, look how great we are. They do that because they're kids. Their first thought in the day, their last thought at night, their thoughts in their waking hours in the darkness is all about the parents. And as I pondered that for our kids and the relationship to us, I was thinking, am I like that with the Lord? My first board of the day? Lord, I, I know what's happening today. I know what I've got coming up. And Lord, I need you. I need your help. I need your provision. You're my first thought. You're what I run to. My last thought of the day, Lord, thank you for the day. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you once again for your provision. Thank you for your care and your compassion. My waking thought in the night, Lord, I can't sleep. I'm worried and I'm scared. Help me. Is that what my relationship is like with my father God? Am I so dependent that I I run to him first thing in the morning, last thing at night, in the middle of the night? And then, of course, at all points throughout the day as well. It's fitting that actually uh, this evening we're going to be sharing communion. And in communion we're saying, don't come because you're strong, you come because you're weak. Indeed, when you come up uh, the aisle to receive, uh, you don't bring anything with you, do you? I don't say, oh, make sure you bring your pass with you when you come so I can give you the bread. No, you come empty-handed. You come to the table with nothing in your hands. You come and receive. Uh, You come to the Lord's table and receive because in a very real and metaphorical sense, we bring nothing to the table. It is all of him. And so Jesus says, be like that. Be like that child. Be the one who's dependent, who just looks and gazes and says, Father, Daddy, I need you. I need you every day, every moment.
be like a child. And just to rub that in, we then get this second story put straight after it. The, the, the story of the rich young man, rich young ruler. And really, if the first one was about uh, be like a baby, well, the second one is be dependent, 18 to 30. Now, now we have this uh, sort of young ruler. Now, we don't know who he is. We have very little detail about him. Uh, the chances are that Luke doesn't explicitly say he's a religious leader probably means that he's a civic leader. Uh, he's somebody who's a, a good egg in society. You know, he's the guy you follow. Uh, and more than that, he's wealthy. So therefore, he's blessed by God or, or perceived to be blessed by God because he's wealthy. That's what the, the thought process would have been. Uh, and he comes with a, a question for Jesus. He says, uh, good teacher, what, what must I do to inherit eternal life? But do you notice that? This, this good egg, this uh, sorted civic leader is utterly utterly anxious about his future. He's probably confident in so many parts of his life, but he is not confident about the big question. He's not confident about if he will be given life. And friends, that's true of all of us. If we're those that are, are like children, just looking to our father, we have absolute confidence. Our children have confidence in us to deliver, and we're pretty weak and poor at it. But this man who doesn't look to his father God, he looks to, what must I do to inherit eternal life? He has no confidence. No confidence. And so he's in utter anxiety. So what, what does Jesus do then? Well, he starts to unpack this question. He first of all says, well, why do you call me good? Verse 19. No one's good except God alone. First of all, he's actually just saying, look, I know you're, you're trying to flatter me. It's very kind of you. But only God is good. So if you want to know what you've got to do to gain eternal life, well, you've got to be like God. And if you're calling me good, then you'll know that I'm God, so you better listen to what I'm going to say. And then he says, he paints the, the picture of sort of external uh, following, because that's what we get in verses 20. He says, you know the commandments. You should not commit adultery, you should not murder, you should not steal, you should not give false testimony, honour your father and mother. All of the ones that are sort of external uh, of the Ten Commandments, uh, the ones you can see. Uh, and the man says, verse 21, all these I've kept since I was a boy. And actually, did you notice, Jesus at no point disagrees with him. He doesn't say, uh, I don't think you have. No, he doesn't have a reason to doubt him. But, but what he does do instead is, he just says, okay, as if he just moves that to one side, it peels back the layer and just looks right at his heart. And he says, verse 22, you still lack one thing. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, 
and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. Jesus says to this rich young man, peeling back his exterior, looking at his heart and says, what you need to do is you need to sell everything and come follow me. This isn't a command that he's given to all people for all time. When we get to Zacchaeus in a few weeks' time, Zacchaeus doesn't do that. But this is a, a question to this man at this time to pinpoint what is on his heart, to, to pinpoint what dictates his time and his treasure. The question of where his dependence lies. And so this evening, if Jesus was to ask us a question, what would that question be? What would be the question when he peeled us back and looked at our hearts and just put his finger and said, what's the question you don't want him to ask you? What's the question that will pinpoint where our dependency is, where our time is spent, where our money is used? And this man who said, good Lord, gets up and leaves. Jesus says, give up everything and you'll have treasure in heaven. And he says, no. I was trying to think of an illustration that would help. And um, you may have come across this before. C.S. Lewis uh, talks about, actually, it's a bit like uh, children who, who like making mud pies because they don't know what it means to go to the beach. This man, he wants to cling on to his treasure now, which won't last. It will disappear. It will go. And forfeit treasure in eternity. He wants to make a mud pie because he just doesn't grasp what going to the seaside means. And so that's why Jesus says, verse 24 and 25, how hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. How hard it is for those who have lots of reasons to be confident and comfy to come into my kingdom. how hard it is because they don't see the need. Why? What's the point? I'm, I'm happy. I'm comfy. I'm easy. I don't need it. Jesus says, actually, it would be far easier for a, a camel to go through the eye of the needle. Uh, some folks think this refers to a, a gate in Jerusalem called the eye of the needle. And, and for the camel to go through, it meant that they had to uh, take off their bags to, to walk through the gate. And so the, the saying goes, it's that the person has to relieve themselves of all their possessions to get through. But, but we have no evidence for such a gate, never existing. And indeed, why would you 
go try, why would you go for the rigmarole of doing that when you could go for the big gate just next door? No, this is not a, a literal understanding. This is Jesus saying, look, think of the biggest animal you can think of the day to them as a camel. Think of the smallest thing you can think of, an eye of a needle. It's easier for that camel to go through that eye of a needle than it is for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. It would be easier to swim to the United States of America than it would be for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And that's what disciples say. Well, then, if that's true, how on earth, verse 26, how on earth and, and who can be saved? That's the logical question, isn't it? And the answer well, there's no one. No one can come on their own. You've got no hope. But verse 27, what is impossible with man is possible with God. What is impossible with man is possible with God. This passage helps us to know why mission here in the UK is really tough. Because we're surrounded in a country that is confident and comfy. We're deluded if we don't think that we're part of the, the, the rich of the world. Mission's tough. We need to know that. But look, we see it would be easier for a, a rich person to enter the kingdom, go for a camel to go through the needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It gives a reality, a dose of reality. But it also says, with God, anything is possible. So yes, mission is tough. Yes, our friends, our family may seem like they have no interest and seem far happier. But with God, anything is possible. Because what, what is the point in, in clinging on to treasures that will disappear? When there's eternity at stake. And just to give us an encouragement, this is where we get these last verses. The disciples say, verse, 27, uh, verse 28, Peter said to him, well, we've, left, we ha- we've left all we had to follow you. And Jesus replies, truly I tell you, Jesus said to them, no one who's left home or wife or brothers or sisters or parents or children for the sake of the kingdom of God will fail to receive many times as much in this age and the age to come. Yes, the disciples make mistakes. Uh, Yes, they're not perfect. Uh, Yes, (laughs) they don't always get it right. But it is possible. And there's your proof. They've left all they have. They've been wholly dependent on the Lord. And this is the, the big point Jesus conveying. He's saying, look, you will never regret deciding to follow Jesus. You will never regret giving up status, money, fame, jobs, nothing. You'll never regret saying, I want to give all my, my all to Jesus. I want to be dependent upon him. Because he says, look, you'll not lack anything, both in this life and the next. Doesn't mean it's not going to be tough. But it does mean it'll be worth it. 
what we gain in this world. Security, not anxiety. Our church family, not isolation. Joy, peace. Peace even when there are bombs raining around you. And what we have in the life to come, No more tears, no more pain, joy everlasting. You'll never regret, never regret saying, I'm dependent on Jesus. <laughs> and how do we know? It's because of this. It's not the table, but it's. Jesus, body and blood broken. It's the promise that says we come with empty hands, but we receive freely. It's the promise that he came, lived, died, rose again and ascended into heaven. So so as we come uh, today and we receive just in a moment, let's use it as an opportunity. It might be to say, sorry. I'm sorry that as I think about my time and my treasure, actually, maybe I'm not wholly dependent on you. It's certainly going to be to say thank you. Thank you that I come with empty hands, nothing in my hands I bring, and simply to the cross I cling, and I receive. Let's be those who are dependent, who are like babies, looking to our Father, who are dependent, and knowing that because of that, we will never regret deciding to follow Jesus. Let's take a moment of quiet, just on our own, uh, to pray to our Father in heaven. Father, we thank you that we, we bring nothing in our hands. But we come to receive. We come like children. And you pick us up. Hold us, keep us and say, I will be with you always. I will carry you home. And so, Father, we pray that we would live lives in response to that, knowing it is never going to prove to our detriment to follow you. Help us to, to apply that specifically to us, to think about our diaries, to think about our, our finances, to think about our energies, and to give to you this evening. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.